This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Mariana and Barry. We have the results from the Thames Festival. Pretty good numbers over there, Barry. Yeah, it was jam-packed. Shall we do some results then? Okay, now Mariana, you had a great weekend. Mariana's team, for those who don't know, won five matches out of six on Saturday. And that scored us one A point, so I was absolutely stoked. But the best of it was we actually came in at ninth place. And that was another two A points. Another two A points. In my dreams was (laughs) I thinking about one A point or part of an A point, but walking out with three and a bit, really, really stoked. And guess what? We always have our lazy $2 on it. And for those of you that don't know, when Barry wins his $2 from me, I lick it and then drop it on the ground, rub a bit of dirt in it, and then I give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) So as soon as I saw him this morning, I put my hand out and I was like, give it, give it, need it now. And of course, he did the Aussie hucker. (laughs) He had no wallet. (laughs) His wallet was in the car and he goes out, grabs his wallet, and guess what? Oh, Barry, you can tell them. Yeah, well, I decided it was such a good effort, I'd give her $5 instead of 2 I added on the GST. <laughs> so I am $5 richer. So great start to 2021 in the Cullen household. It is. The winner takes it all. The loser standing small. Beside the victory. So what's your tally for A points this year? Because you did all right up in Auckland. Oh, I think we've probably got six or seven. Considering how bad last year was, actually quite interesting just looking last night. A lot of clubs have gone with NZ Bridges' suggestion or offer and they've upgraded their 10A tournaments to 15A tournaments. So there's going to be lots of A points available out there this year, Mariana. I reckon that 100 is going to be under severe threat by the end of the year. Mariana's going for 100 A points after those three on Saturday. She's at 74.87, is it? That sounds about right. I'm dead keen. I do have the little sparkle in my eye. Still, sorry, New Plymouth. I won't be able to go down to that Plymouth International Congress. Don't tell me. Tell Colin. You've got to apologise to him. (laughs) Oh, you'll, You'll have to grovel. We had a little chinwag on Saturday night because we actually picked the same restaurant as Colin was, his team. So Alistair, Sandra, Andrew and Colin were there and so was the Terry team. It's really nice. Everyone's enjoying the Thai restaurant there. Told him we had a high five. You beat Barry. Certainly did. High five. <laughs> it was a loud slap. I'm surprised you didn't hear it in Tukofai. The other good thing, of course, was that you actually had a match against Kermit. I did, Yes. And you beat Kermit. I beat Kermit too. So how about that? The baby of the bridge zoners actually took out Judge Julie, Kermit and Barry once in a lifetime. But hey, 
I had to try and keep it all together because it was an amazing day. Is it true that you got an envelope for night? I got an envelope. I didn't know podiums had that many steps. <laughs> we got $60 each. Thank you very much, Thames Festival. Sounds like they must have had prizes for the top ten and you just snuck in there. Well yeah, done. It was great. It was a lovely day. Thank you, everybody. Let's go. Who won? The teams was taken out by Jitalu, June Lei, Gary Chen and John Wang. Nice. Well done to them. Pretty tough team at the best of times and they, they did extremely well to come out on top. Swiss pairs, there were two fields as you know, Mariana. Yep. Top north-south and top overall were Joe and Sam Simpson from Tauranga. East-west, the winners were George Sun and Alice Young. Quite successful for Waikato Base, but oh, what a difference a sleep makes, Barry. Yeah, well, I had a theory about that. <laughs> I what sent, was it? I sent Mariana a text and said, look, it was that mental edge. That mental edge, you lost the mental edge from yep. Saturday. In fact, I said, you probably drowned it. <laughs> He's referring to the medicine. Yeah, so the... Nigella sends me a text and he goes, woo-woo, good day, well done, da-da-da. My text was short and sweet back to him, on the booze, whoop-whoop. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a bottle of wine that got demolished at the motel afterwards, and <laughs> Sunday was a different day. Anyway, we won't go there. You've just no. got to draw a veil over those days and move on. Hey, it was nice seeing a whole lot of people. It was. Actually, it was very enjoyable. Lots of people we hadn't seen for yonks. People enjoying being able to play face-to-face -face bridge. Where else in the world? What were there? 34 teams. That's 136 people. Plus, yeah. there was probably 150 people in the room. Awesome. They had good food. Nice lunch. Really was great to be able to do that. And nowhere else in the world, hardly, they're able to at the moment. Met two ladies from New Plymouth. They listened to the show. So hello to Lynn and Gillian. Particularly like supporting Pam Livingston, our Kermit, which is cool. She's doing a great job, Kermit. And a lot of people seem to be enjoying it. And finally, I'd like to give a big shout out to the Thames Bridge Club. Carol and her team of merry men and women and Greg. Fantastic event over the weekend. Thank you very much on behalf of all the Bridges that attended. So you've got a book over there. I have got a book over here. It's talking about bidding on misfits. Oh. Yeah, it says, Fortune does normally favour the brave in Bridge as in any other sphere of activity. So when there's a good trump fit, paced a bit aggressively up the limit and even a little beyond, we all sort of, you know, most players absorb that lesson and, yep. and get that. But one thing is that, that people, even experienced players, um, find it hard to, when things don't develop favourably and you mm -hmm. haven't got a good fit, that's time to cut your losses and stop bidding. Stopping bidding on misfits can be worth a lot of match points or imps. If your hands aren't fitting very well, you know, you need to put the brakes on. Obviously, you've got enough points for game. You're still going to surge on to game. If you've got not that many points and a lot of shape and partners not hearing you, then, hey, pull your horns in. That's Hugh Kelsey who's advising that. What's the book called? It's called How to Improve Your Bridge by Hugh Kelsey. And speaking about books, just recently we've been listening and talking with Kim Fraser and we have a giveaway. So we're going to play the next clips of hers over the next couple of weeks and there will be a giveaway. Kim Fraser has very kindly signed a copy of her book Gaining the Mental Edge at Bridge. Got a signed copy and we're going to put that up for our listeners. How are we going to do this, Mariana? I have no idea. So we need a competition. 
Um, we'll decide after Kim's had her last little segment, and we'll let you know there's a signed copy of Gaining the Mental Edge at Bridge up for grabs. So let's go and listen to a little bit more from Kim Fraser. I'm too loud at the bridge table, Kim. What advice do you have for someone that's too peacocky, I guess? <laughs> too peacocky. Have you heard I... of the dope system of personalities, the dove, the owl, peacock and eagle? No, I haven't. Per- personality types, yes. Well, I'm sort of a standout peacock. That's one thing that I'm planning on doing and getting into my bridge game for 21 is to concentrate a lot more, which means I might have to be a little more quiet. Okay. We'll, we'll all look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I've played against Kim a few times over in Oz, and yeah, I'm probably a bit louder than I should be sometimes too, Kim. Anyway. So am I. <laughs> I, I. I don't think being loud is, I don't think it's a detriment necessarily. I do know that a lot of bridge players, towards the end of the round, when there's a lot of noise in the room, mm-hmm. that's when people tend to lose their concentration. They just get so distracted by all this noise that's going on, and... I think it's it's a good opportunity to remind yourself just to focus on my my hands. Try and block out the noise. Focus yeah. on my cards. Just thinking aloud, Kim, is that also it happens when you get to the end of a session and you may be into just the last five or six boards. That's often a time when people sort of do lose concentration. And if you can keep your act together, you can get some good boards for not doing very much. That's very true. Yes, a lot of people lose concentration towards the end of the round. Perhaps it's a little bit of tiredness creeping in. Sometimes match fitness can play a role. If people are not very fit personally and not match fit, and by match fit I mean they're not used to playing, say, 14 boards or 20 boards. They're used to playing three-board rounds, perhaps in their duplicate sessions at their club. Mm-hmm. Then when you come to play a long session that goes for two hours or you're playing against somebody who is an incredibly slow player, it can be quite a a challenge to your concentration level. My biggest weakness is when you can see the clocks running out and and you haven't finished all your boards and you rush to try and finish them all because you paid your money. You have to finish, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or they're going to take something off and we're going to get, yes, not as good as we should. It's interesting because I wrote in the book about this how everyone feels like they have to finish because they want to play all the boards. And I wrote specifically about all the things that can happen to you when you don't finish on time. And not all of them are bad. And somebody said to me, well, that might be the case in Australia, but in America, both parties would be fine for not finishing all their boards. Uh, I had to put a little qualification in the bottom to say about that, which was something I didn't know. But certainly in Australia, you know, if you don't finish all your boards, well, think about with the board that you didn't get to play. Well, it could have been a flat board, so that's okay. It could have been a swing board against you, so that's definitely okay. Mm. It could have been a swing board for you. There's lots of different outcomes from not playing all the boards. Every time I think the clock's running down, I try and say to myself, doesn't matter if you don't finish, focus, concentrate on this board, get this board right. And what about the reverse, Kim, when somebody plays really quickly? I remember reading about one of the world's top players who always plays really quickly, and he said that although he admitted that he did make the occasional error from playing really quickly, he was pretty used to it, and he didn't think it happened that often, but he did notice, although it wasn't the reason, that it did induce a lot of errors from his opponents from him playing quickly, as declarer this is. 
What would you say about trying to focus when somebody's playing quicker than you're comfortable with? It is really hard to deal with people who play at a different tempo to yourself. And when someone is playing very quickly, just because they play their cards quickly doesn't mean that you have to. You can still slow down and think. You can slow down between boards. You can take your time. You can take a break. You can force the tempo of the table and force that person to play more at your speed. They can call the cards as quickly as they like. It doesn't mean that you have to Mm. play at that pace. And catch up with Kim again next week as she continues to talk about fast play at the table. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Okay, so we've got Pam this week. Not only is she not in a kayak, but apparently she's on horseback. Hi, Pam. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I have actually got off the horse to talk to you. Oh, that's Barry, good. My friend is holding them on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What a life. It's all a, on holiday. <laughs> can you imagine a frog on a horseback? No, but I do have a great photo of a frog holding some cards. Pam showed me one of these little trinkets that was picked up. How cool is that? Kermit, what's our bridge tip for the week? Before we start, I've actually got a question for you both. How long do you have to play a bridge hand? I reckon usually six or seven minutes. Seven minutes. Mm. All right, well, you both fell into my trap. Because you don't have seven minutes to play a hand, the whole table has seven minutes. So that seven minutes doesn't belong to you. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about what happens when dummy goes down. And both the declarer and the defenders are thinking quite a lot at this point, and that takes time. So what you need to do then, if you're using time in that way, which is a good way to use time, is make sure you're not wasting time at other points. One thing that you can do is practice sorting your hand really fast. The board goes on the table, get your cards out, sort your hand as fast as possible. And all these little things add up because there's nothing worse, and I've had this experience myself, of being under time pressure when you're playing a difficult hand. So you've got to make time before that happens as much as you possibly can. Actually, I know that Jenny, my wife, she said when she was learning, she remembers, she used to go home, get a pack of cards out and practice sorting her hand into order, into 30 cards. Not a bad idea. Yeah, it's very interesting at the table because some people do this extremely slowly and they digest what's happened on the last hand and they write it all down and then they languidly pick out the card well this is all time that the whole table, not just them, but the whole table can't spend on the actual hand Agree. I used to play against the lady that used to pick up her cards one at a time to put in her hand (laughs) This is absolutely not allowed but if you look closely you could see different facial expression for every card she picked up (laughs) Oh that Oh, yeah. oh, oh, that one's not so, That's not so good. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That wouldn't be recommended under what you're saying here. <laughs> no, try and make up time and save it for the really important thing. There we go. It's a great tip. Yeah. And it will mean that you've got more time for the important stuff. That's probably a good tip for life. 
Oh, I know. I was thinking of maybe becoming a philosopher. <laughs> a life coach. <laughs> or a marriage guidance counsellor. Thank you very much. Great tip. Oh, and by the way, if you've missed any of Kermit's bridge tips, you can now find them on my business Facebook page. So if you just Google Pam Livingston Bridge Coach, you'll be able to catch up on the other bridge tips. Sounds good. What's your horse's name, Pam? Is it Kermit? <laughs> no, my horse's name is Epic, the short name. His actual name is Ayarangi MT Epic Dream. Oof. He's a little Morgan Cross. He's just, just lovely. We've had him for seven years and he's part of the family. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Phenomena. Interesting, Barry. Three weeks into the new year and we've already had some amazing results. So what is happening in the bridge scene over the next week? Well, I've got, I've got no bridge on this weekend. I'm going to be working, doing some open homes, trying to earn some money. But there's a couple of events on. The Waitemata 5A. And there's also down south, the Otago South and Regional Swiss Pairs. That's probably oh, the okay. big event for the weekend. It's a 10A in Invercargill. Hope they get good entries for that. So what's your next tournament, Tauranga? Tauranga's got the their anniversary weekend congress coming up. We'll talk a bit more about that in the next couple of weeks. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. This week, we just want to talk a little bit about formats, whether it's for a tournament or whether it's for a club event. I know sometimes I've actually rung you guys, actually, when we've got an awkward number of teams, say, for a three-week team event at the club. How do you decide on what sort of format is best it's certainly interesting. We have various discussions with people about what we advertise and what we don't advertise with tournaments. also applies equally with Club Bridge. The number of people that are going to be playing the event, whether the event is imps, match points, so pairs or team scoring or teams, or and how many sessions are involved, make a massive difference to what sort of formats that you might choose. And at the end of the day, the bulk of the time... The people that are going to win win and the people that aren't going to win don't. But there are some very various issues about it and people do get very particular about it. Now, I'm not great necessarily with formats. I, I tend to be run of the mill. I think that if you play enough boards and you have a relatively fair balance of what you're doing, then the people that are going to win will win because they score better. In Club Bridge in particular, we play a lot of boards. So over a six-week event or whatever it is, then the fine-tuning of which way you sit and all the rest of it tends to become pretty irrelevant by the end of the time. Mm. However, having said that, we go to a lot of trouble about the way we sit people when we are running an event to make sure that the event is relatively even so we get the entries and we seed them funny story yep. for you championship pairs i won't say what club it was they used to have this format where in the last week the top pairs all sat north south and a lot of clubs did they thought it's fair you know because when you sit north south and you're playing a session then you're basically being scored about against everybody else that is sitting north-south. That feels fair rather than the people you play against. But the problem is that if everyone that is really good sits north-south, then the people sitting east-west are going to have a really good go at scoring very well because it's comparative. You get two match points for every person that you beat sitting the same way as you if it's a standard Mitchell movement. 
And so if all the good powers are sitting north-south and you are sitting east-west, you have a huge advantage about how well you might score. So it doesn't quite work the way it feels like it should because then the north-south field, because they're all pretty even, are going to have a score around the 50% mark. You know, if everyone's equal, they'll all score around 50%. If some people weren't good enough to sit north-south and are sitting east-west, but they are quite good, and the rest of the field, which is bad, is sitting east-west, that east-west period that is the best is going to score in the 60s or something. It doesn't quite work the way people sort of think it does. So if I ring you up and say, okay, Julie, we're having a teams event, we've got eight teams and we've got three weeks, what do you do? How do you decide what's the best way of doing things? You can play long matches or short matches and you can play a qualifying and a final and all of those sorts of things. We can play Swiss, which is a very common way of playing. Mm. That works well with even fields. It's not so well when we've got some very good teams and a lot of bad teams because we start playing the lower teams early and it becomes a bit more random. So there's a lot of stuff around what works well depending on how long you've got, how long are the matches. There are a huge number of factors. And then at the club, for example, the reason we say people toss a coin and the winners sit north-south is so that people don't choose which way they're seated. So we randomise who's sitting north-south, who's sitting east-west. And I note that Patrick, when I first moved to Auckland, noticeably, he also alternates whether we move clockwise or anti-clockwise so that those people sitting play some people all the time, but not everybody all the time. But at the very end of the day, if you are the best player in the field and you play a large number of boards, you would expect to consistently win whatever event it is that you are playing. If you're an inexperienced director, this sounds like a nightmare when trying to decide what what sort of format you should have. Well, things like championship pairs, for example, for a start, there's normally people you can ask. Secondly, most clubs have a long event, like six weeks or eight weeks or even longer. And providing when you play, don't have everybody sitting the same way as each other all of the time, but you mix it up by having something like people toss a coin and the winners sit north-south or east-west or whatever, then I think generally it will sort itself out without too much hassle at all. Did you enjoy being east-west all day on Sunday, Mariana? No. Oh, okay. I didn't. <laughs> I, I tell you what, because I was getting one, three, four, and then every now and then I might get something that I could actually say something decent with and then it'll get overtaken by north. So I, just, I was like, oh, maybe I don't like this. Just keep in mind, whatever way you are sitting and whatever you are playing, you are playing against the other people sitting yes. that same way. So when we're in a teams of teams where our teammates are sitting north, south and we're east, west, like Barry, all the time. Because um, I lose the toss is what she's getting at. Yep. <laughs> yeah, then, then, then you're just concentrating on doing the best you can with the east-west cards because you want to beat the opponents that we, I'm playing, for example, if I'm the teammate, at the other table and do better than them. It's not about, oh, I want to have the good hands because, well, we all like to have the good hands yeah. so we can make good decisions and we can control what happens. When we're playing peers or umps, it doesn't really matter. We're looking to beat the people that are holding the same hand as us and do better. 
Yes. So if we have a Yabra, it's about staying awake and maybe keeping that important 10 that might take a trip that we never expected to. It did get discussed quite a bit. It's like, oh, we never got any cards, we never got any cards, got fed up and jumped on in. And that was one of the things that I was making sure I wasn't doing. I was making sure that I'm not going to be the one that gets fed up and just blimmin' jumps on in. And right, it worked because the other East-West actually did get fed up and they jumped on. Years and years ago, we played the mixed teams in Canberra and I remember a set from absolute hell, everything we did, we we got doubled and went light. And not just a little bit, you know, it was like minus five and minus five. It was horrendous. We finished playing and I said to Patrick, I don't think I ever want to play again. <laughs> like, everything I did felt so wrong. But when we scored up, I managed to trick less on the same contracts that my opponents were in. And it is so hard to keep in our mind that our opponents are having the same problems that we are having yes, on these that's games. right. And that's one of the challenges of bridge. It's not just about bidding to the right place. It's problem solving. We are doing the best we can with the cards we've got so that we just have that edge over the other people that we're playing against, which are the same people that have the same hand we have. Yes, not the people right. that are bidding other things elsewhere. Okay, that's the end of the sermon from Judge Julie. <laughs> that was a very good sermon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's excellent. We shall talk again. Okay, all right. Now I have a good day. You Bye too. Got a wee bit of time to fill in this week, so I thought I would chuck in some off-air conversation that we were having with Judge Julie. Have a listen. I mean, they yeah. they don't want to do anything fancy, Julie. They just oh, don't, they, they don't just don't to. they just don't want to stuff it up, really. So it'll it'll be good that you've said, well, hey, look, as you know, things usually sort themselves out unless you do I mean, something. Seriously, you know. if you play enough boards, I mean, it's it's actually statistics. It's the bell curve. If you play enough boards. The people that do the best are the ones that will win in the long run. Yep. The more boards you play, the more likely it is that the best players will win. Yep, you know? so. so as long as you just play enough, it doesn't really yeah. matter what else you do with it. Well, I, I just think your average director probably doesn't want to get involved in, no, in, in some fancy bloody thing that they just want to oh, make. And, and worse than that, I mean, if you ask Malcolm, for years he used to cha- he'd change the format for Hamilton Mm. at Labour Weekend because people would complain about it yep. and someone will always complain about the <laughs> format you have that's exactly right and actually for the last few years when he was in charge he, he didn't he just didn't give he a just shit refused. didn't give a yeah. shit anymore he said this is the format that's it and somebody's yeah. going to complain about it good on them <laughs> <laughs> I said to him years earlier when he was asked I said it doesn't matter you know this is okay and if you change it it will be okay but someone will complain about it irrespective you <laughs> cannot please everyone Everybody all the time. <laughs> True. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chicky. Thanks. thanks. Thanks for that. And Barry and I would like to have a wee shout out to original bridge owner Bruce Creswell. Bruce is over in Australia and had just recently suffered a stroke and is in a hospital. So we're sending all the Creswell Fano our very best wishes and a speedy recovery. Right. So happy bridging, people! If you've got any questions or queries about anything bridge, send us a text to our bridge zone. Hot phone. The hot phone, that sounds right. You can text us on 027 127. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide.
episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.